Hello everyone, you know why we're here. Canada has qualified for the World Cup for the first time since 1986. I can't believe I'm, I'm saying those words. I still can't believe it. Yeah. Oh, Canada. Oh, baby. I'm betting I'm the only one here that was alive in 86. Yeah. You are I correct. Yep. 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 Joined as, as by Nathan Dirk, the Terminal City FC co-host. Joshua Griffith, and Ben Rigetti, both of the 90 Plus podcast. So we got a kind of a Terminal City 90 Plus podcast crossover here for a very special occasion. If I can't any, If there's any occasion that warrants a 90 Plus Terminal City crossover, I have to imagine it today after what we've just witnessed. I mean, Josh, you said it. Uh, this is going to be way too confusing for me, Joshua and Joshua. Um, but this is this it's it just what a day we, you know, we've been wanting this for so long, and you know, we've been covering the game for a few years now, but collectively between us, and I know this goes, you know, along past what we've done in the last few years and what we've been able to witness to really understand what has happened here today. But oh my goodness, it, it just feels so good to hear you say those words and to see it on social media and to hear the players and KJ on the broadcast and everyone just saying it. They're going to Qatar. The ticket has been punched. Yeah, I think there's still a little bit of unbelievability and just you know trying to get over the euphoria, euphoria of the moment as well, right? I mean, this is something that they've been fighting for for so long, but even getting to this stage of qualifying – has been a hurdle. I mean, technically, we shouldn't be here except when they decided to actually rewrite the rules. So the fact that we not only get to go, but we're topping the list of those nations in CONCACAF that do get to go, I mean, I think it's credit to the guys already. And I mean, this is a huge hurdle that's now been overcome. And you know what? They get to enjoy it for the moment. And then, you know, tomorrow, wake up and figure out, all right, what's next? And it was so cool. Like you mentioned, Nathan, Coming up, you know, uh, fighting against Haiti and, like, losing. I, I tweeted out during the match, like, this is such a difference. Canada team getting dominated by Haiti that we're seeing now. And they're they're coming out dominating Jamaica. And they should have been up, like, four or five nothing, you know, yeah, in the I first mean, half. Oh, what a first half. This domination. Remember we, we would lose eight nothing to Honduras? <laughs> oh, hey, 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 I think it was 8-1, wasn't hey, it? Give them credit. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got one. Yeah. But, I mean, we and, used to uh, go into matches with Martinique going, are we prepared for this? You know, like St. Kitts and Nevis, are we okay? Can we do this? And now it's we go in uh, against Mexico, and we're not afraid, right? We know it's going to be a match. It could go either way, but we're not afraid, which I think – is a huge testament to not only the the caliber of players that are being put out uh, of the national program, but also with the coaching staff. I mean, this is a coaching staff that's finally solidified. We're not changing it every couple of years, trying to figure out what works and, you know, just throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. We have a guy in John Herdman who has solidified not only the Canadian men's team, but he did a job with the women's team, you know, four or five years before that and said, look, here's what I can do. Let me continue to do it. Yeah, yeah. I've got to give a lot of credit to yeah. John Hurd. You know, going off what you said there, Nathan, of, you know, we're playing these, you know, 
with credit where credit's due, but smaller countries like Martinique, St. Kitts and Nevis, Trinidad and Tobago, and, you know, the list goes on and on. And, you know, the men, what's the mentality surrounding the game in this, in, in this country for so long has been, okay, we'll dither about, we'll see if we can get, pick three points up here, but, you know, and it's good to be mentioned in the same breath as the yeah. U.S. and Mexico, and even the likes of Honduras, El Salvador, Jamaica, Costa Rica. You know, if they can even be, like, you know, viewed in that same, you know, realm as those kind of middle-of-the-pack CONCACAF teams, that was good enough. And then John Herdman and, you know, the, the sweeping, you know, wave for the last 10 years has been, this isn't good enough. We've a country of 36 or whatever million we are, we, you know, we're putting, you know, first world country, a lot of money into the sports and recreation department across this country. And, you know, all of a sudden we're not just a hockey country, you know, it's the mentality changed drastically from, oh, you know, like you said, oh, are we prepared? Should we be getting Martinique to, you know, realistically, uh, you know, a lot of the players that started in this game against Jamaica just a few hours ago, you know, we, we could have put our B, maybe C team out there and still gotten a result. You know, the depth is there. The mentality is something that I've harped on for quite some time now, off air with a bunch of my buddies and other reporters. The mentality surrounding this team for way too long is way too lenient and relaxed and saying, we put so much money and effort into this. We need to be getting results. And now that they are, and it's good to see kind of the game catching up to the reality and the hard work putting, putting, being put in behind the scenes. Yeah, no, it's very true. I think one thing you talked about was uh, that mentality. And I mean, even at the beginning of uh, the octagonal, we were talking about the idea of like, we, we might not get it this time, but 2026, you know what? We're one of the host yeah. nations. We'll qualify for that. There we go. And it was the players and it was the coaching staff of the Canadian team that said, like, we're not looking for four years in advance. We're looking for now, right? And I think it was the rest of us that needed to catch up to what they believed they could do. They proved it to us. And they yeah. Do it. We talk about Alfonso Davies. We talk about Jonathan David. You can't forget about other guys. Like no. This is not just Davies, David, and a bunch of other people. We got Stefan Estacchio, who has been brilliant throughout the entire qualifier. Milan Borian in net. The ageless wonder, Atiba Hutchinson, who has been through so much with this country. Like this, uh, you can't love these group of players. Like all, all great stories around. And to see this team in the World Cup in November, still quite some time away, but it'll be here before you know it. Like, I can't wait. And by the way, the draw is April 1st, 9 o'clock Pacific. So there's also one more game. Morning. <laughs> so hopefully you know, Canada doesn't go into a group of deaths, but let's, I don't think that'll phase them at all. You know what? I think uh, they're going to go with. No, I think there's going to be expectations. I shouldn't say that there will be no expectations. There's going to be some, but they're going to go in with a, a realistic yeah. mentality of, we know what we are capable of, and now we want to test ourselves against the best that there is. So, well, you know, Josh, you kind of brought it up. Like, what what players did you like? You mentioned just even a stack. Yeah, you know, um, you know T. Hutchinson obviously came off the bench today said he wasn't really he, he didn't think that he should start because he wasn't the best for the Canadian squad which I, I think is absolutely amazing from his perspective but um what, what what did you love and what did you like the best out of watching the Canada men's national team tonight 
you know, winning the, the four four nothing match against Jamaica. I mean, there's lots to pick from, but gotta talk about Kyle Laren, leads Canada's yeah. men's all time in goals, only like twenty three years old, but we still got a lot of ways to go. And King John Buchanan with like his moves around the Jamaican defenders, like his first touch isn't the best I've noticed, but he's got the moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, I'll throw. I'll throw the same question. I'll throw the same question to Ben then, and I'll throw it to Nathan after. I I have loved, especially this octagonal. I don't even know how to say it. It's such a weird word. Octagonal, octagonal, whatever. <laughs> I think we made it up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so what what I've loved about the qualifiers, how, you know, there's all this talk about you know Laren, David, Buchanan, Davies. You know, Estaco in the midfield, Hutchinson. What about the guys at the back? And Josh knows I love to talk about my defenders, but you know, yeah. this is a team that you look at on paper. You know, look at you know tonight. Daniel Henry was a Vancouver Whitecaps reject playing in South Korea, starting for the men's national team. Alistair Johnston was not necessarily a nobody, but you know, he was a fringe player on an expansion Nashville. Uh, side just a few years ago. Now he, he, he's one of my favorite players to watch. You see the passion and the energy he brings to the game. Kamal Miller, you know, eh, fair enough, give it to him. Same with, and you know, Derek Cornelius, again, another Whitecaps player, didn't work out, um, sent out on loan and everything. And it, it's it's just been inc- really odd. And, you know, even if you look at wingbacks, Richie Larea, I have fallen in love with him, with what he's done in the last three, five months in the Canada jersey. Sam Adekubi, obviously, you know, you get the chance to put Davies at wing back if you kind of want to go that way. But the versatility and the flexibility to go three at the back, four at the back, or five at the back with almost any combination of center backs. I mean, again, you've got Luray on the right side. You can put Johnson out there. You've got Adekubi on the left. You can put Davies. There's so much flexibility and versatility. And these guys that not necessarily were unknown, but have really stepped up and their stocks have gone so, so high in the last six months or so. So I've loved seeing this defense kind of, of the, the bits and pieces and the guys that kind of everyone forgets about the Canadian men's national team, watching them come together and form this, this just wall. I mean, they was six clean, seven now, I guess with clean sheets. Like it's been fantastic what they've done at the back. Well, Nathan, um, Ben basically took every player, from the Canadian Sorry, men's national team. There's one other guy I want to say. <laughs> okay, you, okay perfect. Okay, you yeah, did. I'm like you, Ben, and on. he didn't play tonight, but one of the guys that's been kind of a quiet standout for me on the back line has been uh, Stephen Vittoria. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's done really one. well for his his team in Portugal with Morienzi, but he's he's a he's a quiet leader. He's a tall guy, yeah. so, I mean, already, you know, I I like that because, you know, I I, I see that in myself. But for a guy, and especially when it's uh, a back three and he's kind of marshalling uh, that back three from that the center, center back position, he quarterbacks everything, right? I mean, it's him or Borean who's standing right behind him who get to see everything in front of them in the pitch. And they're the ones that are directing the play. So, I mean, you, you take a look at Canada and the one thing that I think we can say, which we haven't been able to say for a long time, is that we have a lot of leaders, and we have a lot of leaders that actually do well together. They they know when to listen to each other. They know when to to discuss. They and they, I mean they respond to each other really well. And I I think Victoria should be put in that same conversation. Oh yeah, hundred percent. 
got a lot of leaders on. There's like there's no true one leader on this squad. Every, it's almost like everyone is a leader on this Canadian men's national team. And imagine being in Toronto right now, being at BMO Field. Well, oh, this like, seems even before the game when the when the the team bus was coming in. I was on I was on a train, so I didn't get to watch it. I was watching on my phone as I'm as I'm doing this. But it, I mean, even that, you know, people around me on the train are wondering what the, what you know what the hell is this guy watching? Why is he cheering just from watching smoke on his phone? But <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty good scenes out there. So I can imagine what it was before. I can't even imagine what it's like after the game. So that's something else entirely. Yeah, uh, like the game should have been in Vancouver, but we're not complaining at this point. <laughs> no, I'm not going to complain. No. I... Yeah. No. That new artificial turf at BC Place, you know, one thing goes wrong. And just, we all know how international players, especially European players, like to be picky about their, uh, you know, the, the turf versus grass that they, I know BC Place just got that gorgeous new uh, pitch in, but still, it's always a. Uh, it's always a touchy subject, the grass versus two. I mean, it, I, and a part of it was just so perfectly Canadian in the snow, in the wind, on at BMO Field, you know, overlooking Lake Ontario, you know, like it, so there's a part of that, like, you know, like I love the Hamilton games, uh, you know, against the US. I love the Ice Teca uh, against Mexico and, you know, the games at BMO and then the away days and everything. But there's something just so perfectly Canadian about snow in March in Toronto. And everyone's got a Canada flag. You saw the Voyagers. They're out in full force. It was it was just... And, you know, it would have been great to have get the job done the other day in Costa Rica. But it's just so much sweeter doing it at home in front of, you know, what was more than a full crowd at BMO Field. I kind of feel that even if uh, next time we see Canada play in the middle of July, somewhere in Canada, they need to like ship in snow. It just kind of is, is a, it's a thing, <laughs> yeah. now, right? It's got to be there. I don't know what we're going to do for Qatar in the World Cup. I don't think there's going to be anything there in November, but I think that's just, it, it might be a little bit tough. There, yeah, no. it might be tough. That might that might be pushing it. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> uh, I still can't. I still can't believe it. Like this is real. This is not a dream. Like I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime, to be honest. And to and I'll be honest, I've never really cared much for the national teams until like a couple of years ago. I was mm. like, eh, we're never gonna qualify anyway. But look, look at this, look at happening yeah. now. I've always had a soft spot for the national team, even following him back in the day when you were trying to decide should we call them the Canadian national team or should we call them unattached FC? Right? I mean, back in the day when you would take a look at the starting lineup, and you know, given without a doubt, at least two or three players in the starting 11 did not have a domestic side, right? I mean, that was just the nature of our team. I mean, I remember watching this team back when I think we were FIFA ranked at about 120th in the world, right? And now we're somewhere in the top, almost in the top 30. I think we're, what, 33rd or something like that? I think we're 33rd right now. We'll see about yeah. after that. We'll see what happens with these last two matches and again on Wednesday. But, I mean... And we talked about it earlier, and even Ben, when he was going on naming, you know, every player uh, under the sun, right? We've got depth. When someone goes missing, we feel for that player. You know, that's tough. It's tough that you don't get to be there with your side. But as a team, they've got players that can slot in and do a job every bit as well as, uh, you know, the starters. I don't there's no fear in this side and there's no fear from people that are watching where you're, where you're, you know, you're looking up on Wikipedia or Twitter or whatever going, who is this player? Who do they play for? You know, and that doesn't happen anymore. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I right. remember doing that. I remember, like, even back in the day, like, with uh, the 2000 uh, World Cup uh, in uh, in 20... Yeah, in, in 2000, when Canada won the World Cup. And you're still looking they at won- players going, who exactly is this? They won the World Cup, Nathan? Oh, World Cup. Sorry, Gold Cup. <laughs> Gold Cup. Gold Cup. <laughs> Don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. We've got a long way to go until November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know what? Like it's a, a great story that I've loved is just this whole uh, Atiba Hutchinson. Uh, this aspect of it, you know, just someone who's and you know, you think back, you know, Junior Hoyler who scored today in the day that St. Canada the World Cup six years ago. He was the only high-level Canadian player playing, you know, overseas, and that was with you know QPR in sometimes the Premier League, sometimes the championship. And, and he was the guy, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, he got out there and he managed to pick himself a goal and a well-taken goal today. Asiva Hutchinson came on and you could hear the crowd just erupted seeing him come on. Just those, those stories of the guys that have been there for some time. You know, we talk all about these youngsters coming through and that it's going to be, this is the new standard for the next 10, 12 years. This is our golden generation. But Hutchinson and Borjan and... Uh, and Hoylett, who have been there and done that and have failed with Canada. You know, they have had a lot of failures. I mean, you know, it's a great success today, but they've had a lot of negatives in their time in the Canadian jersey. So seeing them get to where they are today with this team around them, it's just that, like, I, I just the, the emotional, you know, the human aspect of, I mean, Hutchinson's been in the Canadian national program for 20 years now. Yeah. Seeing him achieve this. It, 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 as a, just human seeing someone achieve something they've worked so hard for is just fantastic. I, I'm not gonna lie, guys. Uh, I, I cried some happy tears. Oh, I got uh, after, <laughs> after the three nothing goal. I, I cried a little bit of happy tears, and I was like, "Holy!" Um, I'm, I'm not gonna swear. I don't know if we're allowed to swear on our live stream. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, holy smokes, like I, Canada is there. Like I, I didn't think that I would be so emotionally invested in the Canada men's national team. Like, you know, kind of like Ben said, like it, it's just, it's so cool to see. Well, one player that we should mention, uh, Vancouver Whitecap, Lucas Cavallini, came on in the second half. Didn't look too bad. Got a couple of good no. looks. <laughs> he did. You know what? He's he is he's a strong player. I mean, he's he's physically strong. He's uh, he's mentally strong. I mean, we all saw how he came into training this year. I mean, he came into training what every other player was hoping to leave training looking like, right? Uh, <laughs> and he showed that strength. I mean, he was only on for what maybe 10, 15 minutes, but he's winning duels. He's doing that work in the final third of the pitch. He and he. I mean, he talked. He's what we talk about when we talk about the depth of the men's national team. He's not going to be the first pick. That That's just the nature of Kathleen. He's not going to be the first pick, not when you have Laren and David in front of you and you've got other players that are fighting for those positions as well. But he is uh, a confident pick to help you finish out a game, right? He, he understands his role with the Canadian team of being a center forward that's there to almost be a little bit defensive, right? Right, just winning duels, showing all that off that strength that we've seen with the Whitecaps this season, and at least there was someone to pass it to. Yeah, <laughs> Josh, you can't be taking shots at the Whitecaps like that. Like, not hey, today. Just it first. 
we gotta be, I, celebra- I, I, we gotta I, be I, celebrating I, the Canadian I, men's national team and, <laughs> and what Cavallini did. Yeah, no, um, Kim coming off the bench, just providing that spark. I mean, I they should have had probably three or four more goals. I don't know what, what you guys yep. think, but yeah, they mm-hmm. they had a. A very solid performance tonight. They do, but the one thing Jamaica has going for them is Andre Blake. I mean, he is he is a top oh, MLS yeah. goalkeeper, right? Uh, I mean, Borian had one save. I think uh, I think Blake was actually credited with six saves. And I mean, there was a, there was twenty shots. I mean, I don't know how many were actually on net and how many were off. But I mean, he had a, he had a job to do tonight, right? I mean, you got to think if he made six saves, we had four. I mean, that's half. That's half the shots were on net. I mean, that's that's huge. And, you know, kind of going back to that Cavallini point, the best point of a defense is attack. You know, you bring on Lucas Cavallini, a physical man up front. And you know, when it was when it was like 1-0 and there was, we just kept missing the net, there was a small part of me that was just like, it. don't tell me it's going to be one of those days where we just can't, we can't get the, the foot over the line and, Jamaica grab one against the runner play and then all of a sudden it's all nervous and oh my god are we going to draw to Jamaica and everything and draw to Jamaica again I should say um, but you know it, there was just those slight moments where it maybe no they, they were they dominated the game there's no doubt about that but <laughs> similar to the Whitecaps just getting the ball into the net just seemed to be such a struggle for for some time there in that first half and it was just like I just so hope it doesn't go, you know, it, the, the, the darkest, most ugly corner of the, how that game could have went. There was a slight shade of it when Lyron missed the net and Buchanan couldn't get that shot off inside the six-yard box But when it was 1-0. And I was just thinking, you know, their goalkeeper is keeping them in it. They could, I could just see them grabbing one against the run of play. Yeah. I mean, Jamaica's, I don't think we should uh, discount Jamaica at any time. Yeah. They, I mean, they can be a very difficult team to play. They're they one should. of the top scorers in the octagonal. I know. That's crazy, right? Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, I think Canada came into this one also with a little bit of a mission. I think losing to Costa Rica is almost a bit of a blessing in disguise because it reminds the players you're not fat. I mean... You know, you're fallible, right? I mean, things can happen. You're not going to win in every game, and you shouldn't have this expectation that you will. You have to work in every game, whether it's uh, you know a quote-unquote easy nation to, to play against or a difficult one. And I, I think having that loss and then going into your next immediate game, it reminds you that you have to work, and they did. Right? They came out here with an absolute mission, and yeah, it, at some points it looked. Uh, uh, it looked like, you know, heart in mouth uh, sort of situations, but uh, they did it. No, it was very exciting to see. Uh, I see we've lost our other Joshua. Yeah, I guess you can only have makes, one at a time. Makes, makes it easier for me and Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's okay. He, he sent me a message. I think we'll get all connected in the, in a little bit here. All right. But, um, oh, no, wait. I think we got, what did he say? I think we all got connection issues. No, Josh, you, you're the only one that got connection issues. Yeah. Unlike <laughs> the Canadian men's national team. So I guess that is a perfect point to close it out because they yeah. did absolutely fantastic. I was so happy. Uh, Nathan, uh, I'm sure that you were as well. Ben, 
Um, I I know that you were, we were, you know, messaging each other back and forth. 86. Look at that. (laughs) Vancouver 86 is right there. That's a a collector's item right there. Are we rebranding the white cap for the 22ers? That doesn't look the same. Uh, So, (laughs) Nathan, this is the Terminal City FC podcast. Do you want to, uh, to close this out for us today? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I I think we should all be happy with what's going on. I think we're still waiting to see what uh, the outcome is going to be. Are we going to be at the top of the table? Is that going to be it? But yeah, as uh, as Josh said, this concludes our I guess uh, very first live stream uh, for uh, Terminal City. We had, we had to do it. We had yeah, to. Do it. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. You know what? And you know, I want to thank you guys, both Ben and Josh, for being here with us. Uh, you know, it makes it that much more special and, you know, it's always nice to have uh, other guys to talk with, uh, especially when it comes to soccer or football, depending on where you are in the world. <laughs> I, I just go footy. I just footy. That works too. That works too. All right, everyone, this concludes, uh, uh, terminal city FC for the day. We'll be back, uh, in midweek uh, where Josh, uh, Ray and I will chat more about uh, this game, uh, the game that uh, was before uh, in the, in the uh, international window, and the game that is to be on Wednesday. We will see you then. Take care. World Cup, baby. World yes, Cup. Sir.